Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Welcome to Buckets. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with my good friend, Joe Delera, ready to bring you some basketball updates. All-Star break is in the past. We are pushing forward to the quote-unquote second half of the season, even though, Joe, it's what, like 20, 25 games left? Like, yeah. we are well past the halfway mark. Like the last third. <laughs> right, yeah. We're, we're, uh, we're on the home stretch here. Playoffs are, are something like 50 days away, so we are, we're coming close. Today, we are going to be all about the play-in. So there's lots of times to talk about all the contenders. We will do plenty more of that here in Buckets on episodes to come. The, uh, we had an article up this week at Action Network about the tanking teams. We'll have plenty of time to talk more about those teams. Today's about kind of the gooey middle, like those teams stuck somewhere right in the middle that we kind of don't talk a whole lot about all the time. So here's the concept for today we are going to do a play-in draft. So Joe and I are going to go back and forth. We'll do 12 picks, six each. We're going to draft the team from either conference, just all smushed together, that we think is the most likely to make the play-in. So the first pick off the board will be the team of any team in the NBA that we think is most likely to be in the play-in, seven, eight, nine, or 10 seed all together. And then as we do each team, we'll talk about, okay, so where are the odds at right now on FanDuel, our sponsor, uh, are they a play-in team? Are they a playoff team? Do we like division odds? Do we think they can make a run? Just kind of any other associated bets, even to if, if there are awards that we think are correlated to them being this range or anything like that. So that's the concept. Just for transparency for you, we are recording this during All-Star break. You'll be listening to it after a night of games have been played. So if the odds aren't quite exactly the same, that's why. But I think all this stuff should be pretty playable over this final stretch here. So, Joe, welcome to the show. You ready to talk about some middling teams? Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about that mushy middle. <laughs> That's right. 
Well, let's get into it. So you got the first pick here. So who of the entire NBA do you have as the most likely team to end up in the plan? So I right now, the team that I think is most likely is the Washington Wizards. Uh, they are 28 and 30. They currently sit at ninth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the odds right now are they're a pretty heavy favorite. They're not the they're not the biggest favorite. I think that you might be going to them next, uh, but they're minus 320 to make the East play in tournament. Look, I, I just don't really see them falling a lot. And they also just, I don't think that they have the ceiling to, you know, get to a six seed and like get out of the play-in. So just based on the way the East is structured, I think that they're like firmly entrenched in the seven through 10 seed range here. Um, and they have enough talent to, to not drop out. You know, you have, you've got Kuzma and I'm saying Kuzma before Brad Beal, because he's probably going to play more, um, you know, and then, you know, you have Kispert, you, they traded Rui, but I I think that this team's got enough there that they can, uh, and obviously Porzingis, I think they have enough there that they can be, you know, problematic for some. And I think they're going to stick around. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I had Washington second on my board. Uh, you said kind of the seven to ten range. I think the East eight to ten range for me is is mostly locked in at this point. So yeah. we'll get to those other teams, but Washington I have at nine, so right in the middle of that locked in range. Um, yeah, they're they're not bad, right? Like Delon Wright has been really good for them. It helped them a lot defensively, and so I think they've been better lately and better when he's in the lineup. They've missed a lot of Beal time, so that's kind of factored into the numbers. But there's a chance he plays a little more. Uh, I was on your podcast. We did all-star draft and uh, I had Christoph Porzingis as my last all-star choice in the East. Yeah. He's been really good for them. And like Washington, not fun or exciting to talk about. They've been pretty good lately. Like last 15 games into the all-star break, they were fifth in net rating offensive third defense 14th. So they're playing basically like, uh, well, I mean, that's better than a 500 team, but they're a couple games yeah. below. They're right in that range. Uh, so you mentioned their playing odds. I don't really think it's worth it at such a juice number. I do have a bet here I'm looking at, though. And so this is going to tie into a couple of other teams. So maybe I'll mention the bet, then we'll circle back to it. But okay. in the division, they are plus 1,300 to win the division. So the, nobody knows division. So the, the, basically, here's what that <laughs> bet would mean. Washington versus Atlanta and Miami. And spoiler alert, I've got those teams as the seven and eight seeds, right? I had a Washington as the nine seed. So it's basically, it's a head to head to head bet between those three. Miami right now is four games up and they are up two to one head to head on Washington. Um, But let's come back to that because we're going to talk about Atlanta and Miami, I'm sure at some point, but I think 13 to one, I think it's too long of a number. So I'll go next because I'm going to actually just take one of those teams. So I'll, I'll take Atlanta, second pick, to make the play-in. And like you said, they are the favorite right now, the Hawks, to make the play-in out of either conference. They are at minus 420 right now. Uh, so something like in the 80s percent likely to make it. Honestly, I think that's probably a little low. So there's probably a slight value there, but just not really worth it to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Hawks just seem gooey middle-licious like they they are all the stuff you said about washington um both washington and atlanta have fairly soft schedules so that's one thing to look at here for atlanta at the end of the season they play philly and boston which is going to show up as hard on the schedule but might end up being resting teams where those teams are just kind of sitting it out for the playoffs 
And the Hawks too, you know, with Atlanta, they're going to push, like they're going to go for every win. They're not trying to tank to get out of this. They think they're good, right? Like they think they're a playoff team for sure. So I think for the Hawks, I noticed on their schedule, early March, they play in Miami two games in a row. So I think that kind of will dictate if they go to Miami and win both of those, well, they might win the division then, and they might have a chance to get up out of the playing range. I think probably they don't, right? Because they're just not that good. So yeah, yeah, I think they probably split, maybe lose both of them. And if they, if they don't win both, I think they're pretty much just stuck into the playing at that point. So they're right around 500. I don't really need the division odds. I played it before the season. So I've still got some, some money in there, but I think the Hawks, they're, they're just a very boring team to me stuck right in the middle. How about for you? Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel similarly. The only thing that I am considering with Atlanta just is that Trey Young really has played a lot better the last like couple months. Um, he started off the season like pretty poorly. Um, you know, he's a name that you, you we've been seeing him in the All-Star, you know, game like recently. But I think that his play has gotten better as him and DeJounte Murray have kind of figured each other out a bit. So that's why I'm a little, I might be like a touch higher on Atlanta than you are, but either way, like, I don't think that they're a contender uh, per se this year. They just seem to have too many pieces that don't really like fit. Right. Um, I think they're going to be in the play in though. What would you, if you were going to place a bet on Atlanta, would you rather bet them to make the play in and just drink the juice and take the small profit? Or are it sounds like you're high enough in Atlanta that you think they maybe would come out of the play in. Would you look at Atlanta to make the playoff proper? I think that it would depend on the matchup, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I think that because Atlanta is going to be, I have them closer to like the seven, eight part of the bracket as opposed to the nine, 10. So like, I would probably just look at them and say like, all right, like, or I probably am just going to not play them. And then depending on who they play in that specific game, that might be the spot where I'm like, all right, like I'm just going to back them to win in this, in this spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key too. We kind of, there's been a lot of conversation coming out of the trade deadline about how we can't just lump first round pick quote unquote, all into the same thing. And I think yeah. we're starting to do that a little bit with the play in also like just making the play and look, that's the concept of the podcast today. So let's not poo poo it too much, but <laughs> being the seven or eight versus the nine or 10 is a massive difference. Like every one of those spots is a huge difference. I think just, you know, as the seven seed to not make the playoffs, if you start as the seven, you have to lose two times at home in order to miss the playoffs after exactly. that as probably the better team, right? You have to be the favorite and twice lose on your home court which the odds of that are significantly different than being the 10 seed where you have to win twice on the road just to get into the playoffs. And now you're the eight seed on top of it, even if you do do that to get in. So yeah. I think keep that in mind. If you're looking at, okay, I, I kind of like Atlanta. Well, do you like them enough to possibly be the seven or eight seed? Because that's going to matter not just to get into the play in, but actually to get out of the play in. So exactly. I think if you're betting beyond just playing odds, keep that in mind. Let's go to the third pick. Who is uh, who's next on your board? So this is honestly like this is a little bit of like a riskier pick and I'm kind of getting into it right now. But like I think that the Brooklyn Nets are very likely to be in the play. Like I I don't like their offense and you're getting you're getting great odds on this. And I know like we're trying to bring in the odds later, but you can get them at plus 250 to make the play in. 
Um, they have a three-game lead in the loss column ahead of the Knicks and the Heat. I wouldn't be shocked if they were to fall below both of those teams, um, just strictly based on the fact that I think that they have a lot of things to figure out. Their rotations are like really wonky right now because they've got about 12 guys that Jacques Vaughn has to figure out like who is playing, how do these guys all fit together? Like that's tough from a coaching perspective, I think, to get these guys like to not only play together, but to play well together. So it's more, it's not, it's a little bit of a bet on the Knicks and it's a little bit of a bet against Brooklyn here. Um, I think that it's, I, I like them to fall into the play in um, and see, you know, cause I think that Miami, as much as I hate on Miami, I think that Miami is good enough that they're going to not lose these bad games down the stretch. So I think that they're properly favored you know, probably realistically in the division, even though I think that you are kind of going to fade them a bit. Um, but I just don't think, I think Brooklyn has a lot of pieces, but I just really struggle to see that meshing cohesively to finish out the season because I don't see enough scoring on this team right now. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think Brooklyn is obviously a hard one for obvious reasons because yeah. <laughs> we don't we, we don't know what their team is. Like, I, yeah. I can't argue really against that or for that because we just, we don't have the numbers yet as much as any team in the NBA, we just have no template for what this team should be. I think an interesting thing about them. So once KD went out, they went seven and 11. And obviously he never played again after that. Yeah. They were 27 and 13 before that. So they were a 55 win pace team up until that. That's not really relevant anymore, of course, because they don't have Durant and Kyrie. But yeah. I think it's interesting to me. I'm a little higher on them than you are because the 7-11 stretch without KD, like they're not getting that back because KD's not yeah. there anymore. But I think like it's a really deep roster now. And I think they could really benefit just from the depth and stability that they will finally have after just like 60 Chaos. games of, of tumultuous yeah. setting so far. So in their schedule, they have a very a tough March, but then a really easy closing stretch, I think. So and like we know teams are going to want to push to get out of the play in. So I agree. I think the reason for me, I, I Brooklyn, I had far down my list. I had them 10th on my board. The reason for me is this for Brooklyn to make the play in. I think you only have one out because I don't think Brooklyn has any real chance to fall below the two teams. We just talked about Atlanta and Washington. They're so far ahead right now. They're five, six games up on those. So now yeah. it's just head to head Brooklyn has to be worse than Miami by multiple games and the Knicks and Brooklyn, like Brooklyn has to be bad and Miami good and New York good. And it's like, it kind of inadvertently is making a, like a three-way parlay for me. Yeah, that That's bit. my only out. So I could see it. I think Brooklyn, the range of outcome is as big as any team in the East. Uh, like yeah. we'll get to the Pelicans, I'm sure, but they're, there may be the Pelicans of the East just in that we don't really know. Like, feel. yeah. Yeah. Like they could be the five seed or, or fall aways. I think the problem is like they're 34 and 24 at the all-star break. There are only 24 games left. So I don't think that they lack enough talent to be terrible. Right. Like yeah, there's a lot of good talent that. there. So I just, if you're bad for 24 games, you still go like 10 and 14 and you're still a 44 win team and you're not in the play in at that. Like you got to be really bad. I think to, to yeah. fall down to this range. I just can't, I feel like I can just see them like the bottom just falling out 
just because yeah. of the rotations, like just because there's just too much, like, what do we do? Like, I, like they have so many guys and just like, I think that everybody's going to be like relatively like happy there. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be like upset about like what their role is just because like they know it's chaos. But I think that that makes it very difficult on like a nightly basis when they, they just, there were so many games that Durant and Kyrie realistically bailed them out like at the end of the game where Kyrie went crazy in the fourth quarter or Durant just like had a Durant game and they don't have that now. So I'm wondering, like, I think Jacques Vaughn is a good coach, but I'm wondering like if he can make this work without that like superior type of talent. And like, for me, like, I think that I can see the bottom kind of falling out yeah. of it as these other teams kind of get it together a little bit more. All right. I get that. All right, so I'm going to go forth here, and this is interesting because I'm going to stay in the East. So theoretically, we are about to draft the four most likely playing teams all from the East. There's only four spots, Joe. Remember, only four. So I think that tells us what we need to know about the state of the West, who I'm sure we will get to. I'm basically taking chalk here. I'll take the Raptors. So Toronto was third on my board. They're third in the odds right now to make the play-in at FanDuel. They're at, well, they're, they're second. They're tied with Washington at minus 320 as of recording. So Toronto basically tied with Washington in the standings. They've got one extra game played where they lost. So they're, they're a team that has underperformed expectations, but that kind of is their thing, right? That's kind of what they do yeah. with this weird collection of talent. They just are extremely a 500-ish team to me. Like they play a ton of close games or coin flips. They've got a tougher schedule overall, but they do play, I think in the last week, they play Boston twice and Milwaukee. So that's, again, where the schedule is going to look hard, but might break their way where those teams maybe are resting by then. I think adding adding Jakob Pertl should help a lot to have like an actual real center. Sorry, Precious yeah. Achua. Somebody that will <laughs> actually protect the rim and add some size and even just like structure the team a little bit in a way where they've lacked that at times. So, yeah, I'm I'm not high on Toronto. This is also implicitly for me a bet against Chicago who would be the team most likely to like I have Toronto as a 10 seed. So in a way yeah. I'm doing the thing I just accused you of with Brooklyn. I'm going for one spot here. The difference is I feel fine betting against Chicago. And in this case, I think Toronto could very easily pass Washington or pass Atlanta where I don't think those yeah. teams can pass up the other direction, but could go down here. I think with Toronto, I'm not looking to bet this here. If I was going to play it, I wouldn't hate still a Toronto to miss the playoffs bet because I don't think I'm probably going to love them in a play-in setting, especially where I likely put them in that nine or 10 game. So now Toronto with their weird roster has to win two times to get into the playoffs. I don't think I'm probably going to like that based on what I'm looking at here. Where are you at on Toronto? I'm with you on that. Uh, Toronto is like one of those teams too, where nurse, obviously you, they're a well coached team, but they're very, very similar to the Knicks in my opinion, in the way that they play their minutes. And I think that this Toronto team has really, I, I like that they picked up hurdle just from like a depth perspective, but they, I feel like they just don't have that other gear like in them. Uh, so I, I don't like them to come out and win two games in the East, especially when, you know, I think that at the end of the day, these other teams that are there are kind of good foils for them in a way. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, let's go to the fifth pick. And I'm curious to see if we are finally going to have a West on your board. So you're up for pick number five. Who you got? So I'm going to take the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, to be in the play-in. Look, they're 31 and 30. Um, they The West is like a disaster. Just like you, you are like literally like one day away from being the four seed or out of the playoffs right now. So entirely, but Minnesota, I think the defense is kind of regulated a bit. They they've really kind of established themselves as like literally a 500 team. Um, they're fine. Like there's not, they're not doing anything like exceptional. They're not really doing anything that bad either, you know? Uh, and I think that the Conley trade, I think was good for them. Um, I think that this the move to move D'Angelo Russell out and put my, Mike Conley in. He's a more like a more of a true point guard. It, I think it should help not only Anthony Edwards, but um, you know, whenever Carl Anthony Towns comes back, I think it should help that there's like a real point guard to facilitate here. Um, additionally, I don't look at Minnesota and I don't see them as a team that's really going to pass realistically the top six teams in the West. Like, I just don't think that they're better than them. Um, so they're going to have some growing pains, I think, when Carl Anthony Towns comes back. And that might even cost them a game or two, just despite adding the talent back in there. So I don't think that they'll fall out. Um, I don't see them dropping down to 11 just based on the structure of what's going on in the West. But I think that they're firmly in on the play-in, uh, especially where they're standing right now. Yeah, that's basically, and that's basically about how I have it on, on my Timberwolves, right? I, yeah. I think they're still now that now that Delo is gone and we got Mike Conley in, I think we're back to my Timberwolves for a while. It's it's th- this team played in the seven eight playing game last year and then blew up the franchise and traded everything to overhaul, and it sure seems like they're headed right back to that exact game yep. this year, right? Like yeah. it's exactly the same. I do think though. I think I would take them to make the playoffs because I think I'd like them in this one game spot, just looking at what else is there because I don't think Dallas falls out of it. Like I don't think Dallas drops. So if you leave the top six intact, you have a matchup with maybe a Zionless Pelicans team. Who knows if the Warriors are going to be there? Like, honestly. And then like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but I mean, I think, I think especially the way the standings are right now, Minnesota, I think it sounds like both of us have them in that seven, eight game. Like I have Minnesota as the seven seed. And it's important again, as we talked about, because you might in that game, you might avoid the Warriors and Lakers in the first play-in. Like the Warriors, we might get that Steph LeBron knockout game again, like we had a couple of years ago, but that might be nine versus 10. And if you're the Timberwolves, you might be the seven, eight game against the Pelicans. And you're like, Hey man, we've been here and we can win this game. And now you don't have to worry about beating one of the teams that clearly should beat us right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't hate that. And I think that's where hopefully if you're Minnesota, you hope that's where having Conley pays off for you. And yeah. I, I would add Gobert, but it's the playoffs. <laughs> so let's be honest about it. But I think so having Conley's numbers. leadership and, and, and like having the experience they had last year to, to win a knockout game setting like that. I'm a little more tenuous on Dallas than you are. So for me, my West is I have like a six seed to 11 seed tier. That's all within a couple of games of each other. Um, But yeah, Minnesota would have been my second West choice. I'll go next with a team that I I can't even believe this, but my top 
choice out of the West, my most likely West play-in team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. So Oklahoma City at FanDuel right now is plus 195 to make the play-in. I've seen them closer to plus 240 out there. This is a bet for me. I'm going to bet on OKC to make the play-in. I don't need it beyond that. I don't need playoff odds. I don't need championship odds. Like We're not going crazy here. But I think the Thunder are like legitimately a pretty quality 500-ish pushing for the postseason sort of team. They still have five back-to-backs left. So the schedule, like they made the schedule assuming a tank here, right? So it's not going to help them a ton. But here's the thing I noticed. OKC has four games left against the Utah Jazz. That's all four. You play teams up to four times in a season. That is a huge break in Oklahoma City's favor because – Oklahoma City's start the year was terrible, right? If they played Utah the first two months of the season, they lose three or four of those games against the Jazz. The Jazz were smoking people. Teams hadn't adjusted yet. Okay, see, it's bad. Now it flips. Now the Jazz traded away half of their key guys, and now Oklahoma City is playing well, and Shea is, is broken out, and Giddy is playing well, and the defense is getting good. You know, all the Jalen Williams are showing up now, right? So like just a a totally random scheduling luck thing has now four of their last 23 against the jazz. They go three and one or four. No, in those games, you make the play in and you might like easily make the play in at that point. They have a long home stretch against a lot of similar teams to them. Similar, like similarly in the standings, I mean, right out of the gates here. So they start Thursday. And by the time you listen to this, they will have played that first Utah game Thursday night. I already bet on OKC in the apps. The Thunder are an underdog right now as we record this. I don't think they should be. I think the Thunder are the better team than the Jazz right now. And they play three of their first five out of the All-Star break against them and another one later. So I think the Thunder are a team to me that right now books are sort of seem to be pricing as an afterthought. Like, oh, cute, right? Cute, the Thunder. They've won a few games and hung around. Last 15 games, they are 10th in net rating, and they are top 12 on offense and defense for the season. Sorry, that's not even last 15. That's 10th in net rating is for the season. Last 15 games, they are third in net rating. So I know it's a small sample, but third is really good, Joe. (laughs) Like third is conference finals. They're not that, but they're playing really good basketball. I like them for the play-in. You can bet over under seeding at some books. There's an 11.5 seed under is juice positive or juice for plus money. I love that. I think this team is absolutely going to finish in the top 11 seeds. I did not expect to be here on the Thunder, Joe. Am, am I have I gone crazy on OKC? No, because like I had them on my list too. Like I really like what they're doing and defensively they've looked incredible, especially of late. And on the season, they're 10th in adjusted net rating. That's better than the Kings. That's better than the Suns. Like, and granted, like, the Suns have missed some players throughout, like, throughout the season. But still, like, they're 10th. That, like, that's, that's insane. Like, you don't think of them as that good. But, like, you're, I think you're spot on with your analysis and the fact that books are just not pricing them properly. And the Jazz, because the Jazz, especially because the Jazz, like, haven't had the fallout like it's never been like oh like they're bad all of a sudden like they've just been like so, and we've talked about this on buckets like every like every so often we're just like the jazz are just like a slow drip and it's just like they're slowly <laughs> running out of gas yeah. and 
now OKC gets the scheduling advantage realistically where they're going to go play them four times still down the rest, down the rest of the season. And they're one of the teams that they're trying to spread like a gap from. So I, I love them in this spot. And I think you're right in terms of the betting market. The number is just way too long. We hate to play the disrespect card, but I think OKC is getting disrespected in the way they're being priced right now. And we yeah. saw it too, like they at the break, they are the team with the best ATS record in the NBA. So they're a team you can continue to bet night to night and continue to bet futures on until books adjust and they haven't adjusted yet. We're halfway through. Let's go to pick number seven. Who is your next most likely to make the play in? So I am going to go with the Golden State Warriors partially because I don't know. Like we know that they're going to keep resting clay. We're not really sure what the deal with Curry's injury is. I think that they're going to wind up just being like stuck in this area. Like I don't, I think they're going to struggle to get out of the play in either way, just because I think their floor has kind of risen a bit. Like pool has gotten a little bit more comfortable running this team. Um, And I think that there's enough there that they're going to not fall out of the bottom. Uh, But I do think that they're going to struggle to get like to their ceiling. If they're going to be, if they're really like, they're still continuing to rest clay on back-to-backs. They're resting like Curry's hurt again. You have to imagine that he misses. It's crazy. They, they, these, these guys get like a week off and they start with a back-to-back, but like, he's not going to (laughs) play one of those games probably. So golden state, like they are like very in this mindset of like, whatever like we'll just be in the play like we don't care like we'll go beat you like it's fine we're just gonna rest our guys and i think that that's bad for a multitude of reasons like namely variance um but they i think that they're just gonna be stuck in this playing range and like if curry comes back too late and they have to make a push to be in the play-in then like, great. Like you're betting on the, you have the warriors, like sure. Like they should get there. Um, and if it's the other way around and like, they've created some sort of separation, I don't think that they care being in a seven, eight play in spot because they're just like, well, we're the warriors. Like we're going to beat you in one game. Like we'll run our death lineup against Rudy Gobert and just like destroy you right now. So I don't, I think that they're relatively complacent being in the play in and I think as long as they feel like they can be like, probably they probably would want to avoid Denver, but like, that's just, are you a seven, eight seed? Um, and I yeah. think that that's enough for them. And if obviously if they fall out because Curry's injury is too bad or whatever, I think that they're good enough at the end of the season to just say like, all right, we're going to lock it down. Like we're going to not rest. Like we'll, we'll be fine. We'll come out of this in the nine or in the, uh, the nine ten spot. Yeah, it's just, it's a hard team to get a hang on. And we've talked a lot about the Warriors and we'll continue to. And it's like, I think we keep waiting for them to show us what they really are in one direction or another. And I just, I wonder if they're just yeah. not going to like, they're, they're literally, they are? Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they're literally 500 right now. Like, I think, I don't think that they are a 500 team any given night, but I think over 82 games, I think they're a 500 team, right? Like, yeah. There are two situations I don't trust this team on. Number one, Steph is out. Well, he's out. Number two, they're on the road. Well, sorry to break it to you, but half of your games are on the road. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of games that I have to, to bank yeah. on the Warriors finding a way with possibly no Steph for some and a whole bunch on the road. I just, I don't know what to make of them. Here's my question. It, we're not going to do title odds with them because there will be plenty more Warriors title, et cetera, to come. If the Warriors don't make the play in, why? 
Is it because to you they made it out in a good way to the sixth seed? Or is it because they missed? I think they missed the whole thing. Like, I think it's like one or the other. Like, I, I don't think that they get out of it because I think that they'll dog it. Like, I think that, I don't think that Kerr will push this team to like get up for a four seed. Like, because they just don't care. Like, and like, they've made it like abundantly clear that they just do not care about the regular season. And it's just like, well, like, like even when they went and got Gary Payton, they're just like, all right, well, we'll see you in a month, I guess. Like, like, like they know he's going to be out for a month. They're just like fine with it. So like, I don't, I think that it's possible that they overplay their hand. And I think that you're, I think that the really like the bet is probably the other way, like the other extreme, which is just yeah. like, they don't get healthy. They don't figure it out. But like, I don't, I think that I cap them right now. Like I don't see them getting out of the play in on the upside. Like yeah. the only way out I think is through the bottom. Yeah, plus 245 to miss the postseason, or to, to not to miss the postseason, to miss the playoff proper. I, I think if you had to play something in the Warriors, that maybe actually is your number because you've got a lot of outs. You can miss the plane yeah. entirely. You can make it, but be the 9 or 10 and lose either of those two games. There, there just are a lot of ways out. Or, you know, Steph just gets hurt for longer, and now you're, you're just like, now it's free money at that point because we know how yeah. that's going to go. So I think we all want the champion warriors to make their push and make a run. I just, I don't know. I think we're going to be waiting all season and suddenly be at the plane and be like, okay, is this the moment now? And I, I, I don't know if the moment is coming. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't either. It's concerning. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do a boring next pick. I'm going to do a team that in a weird way is kind of the East version of the warriors to me. I'll take the Miami heat. They are my other, my fourth team in the East to be in the play. And I think we agree Atlanta, Washington, Toronto, yeah, Miami is, to me, I think Miami is kind of locked in as the seventh seed. I was looking to see, is there a way to bet on Miami to literally be the seventh seed? Um, I think in part because yeah. that Jimmy Butler attitude is like, we don't care. Yeah, we don't put us in the plan. We don't care. We'll win anyways. Oh, we got we got a face against Milwaukee in the first round. Bring on the Bucks. Bring on Giannis. I don't care. We'll play whoever. You know, like, I don't think Miami is going to be intimidated or play their way out of a matchup. I don't think they're going to give a rip whether they're home or road, whether they're the seven or the eight seed or the nine seed. Miami is just going to be like Atlanta, Washington, get out of here. We're going to flip the switch and beat you by 25 in a play-in game. And honestly, they're probably right. And, and Miami's going to make the playoffs. I just think though, similar to the Warriors, like the, the, the heat of all missed time, everyone except for Bam has missed time. But that's not going to change. They're going to they're going to wait until the playoffs and then hope that they can flip the switch there. They have a tough schedule. Next like 10 games after the break is pretty tough, but then it's kind of a soft closing month, but I worry on their behalf that I, I kind of like Brooklyn still. I like New York a lot more than I expected. Yeah. I think they might kind of be stuck. Like you know how my Memphis is just stuck as the 2 seed and they can't really move up or down. I think yeah. Miami it kind of might end up with a bit of a buffer where they're just like, yeah, okay, I, I guess. Why bother pushing toward the end here? Our guys are all old and broken. We're not going to get to the sixth seed, so we may as well just kind of coast into the seven here. So let me come back to the bet that I mentioned before then. Right now, Miami into the All-Star break is 32-27. and 27. The Wizards are 28-30. and 30. Atlanta is in the middle, 29-30. and 30. 
So those records are probably slightly off, including Thursday games. Washington plus 1,300 to win the division. Washington has lost two of three against Miami, so they'd have to beat Miami in the one remaining game to tie the tiebreaker. I, I just think the Washington's competency puts them in play at a better than 13 to one price there. Like I project yeah. Atlanta, Washington to finish exactly at 500 and Miami to be at 43 or 44 wins instead of 41. I think if it's that close, couldn't Butler miss three weeks? Couldn't Washington win a couple of weird close games. And suddenly now, like we might be within a game on a 13 to one ticket the last week of the season. What do you think about 13 to one Washington on that logic? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Like, I think this is an interesting, like, it's like our exercise that we're doing right now for the pod is interesting because, like, we're putting teams, like, in what we think. But, like, I think from an actionable perspective, that extreme outcome is way more likely than the odds, like, make it seem, Um, especially with the spacing between these teams. Like, I think, like, I kind of think that it's more likely that Brooklyn falls below Miami than maybe like Washington taking over Miami, if mm. that makes sense. Yeah. But like, I do think that this is, but those are, that's our cap of it. Like that, like right. your cap is one way and mine's the other way. So like, but that's fine. Um, So I do think like, if they, if you believe in like the narrative that you have, then like the wizards bet makes a lot of sense here. Yeah. That makes sense. And you can get, you can get Miami to be the seven seed. You know, there's, there's some plus numbers out there. Like they're not the favorite to be the seven seed. Yeah, and uh, they Miami to make the play in right now is plus one fifty. That's probably a that's probably a lean for me. I don't think I need to go like I like the OKC bet much better, but like yeah. I have them solely in at that seven seed. I do think that they similar to the Warriors question I asked you if if Miami is not in the play in, why? Certainly it's because up right, like because Miami earned up. their way yeah. out of it. They're not going to yeah. fall all the way out the other side, but no. I don't mind the plus one fifty. So we are technically eight picks in. We should have our full play in, but we have selected five Eastern teams and only three in the West. Who's your next pick? Is, is it somebody from the West still? Yeah, so it's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I like the Lakers to make the play in. I think that they got significantly better at the trade deadline. Like that, to me, the, the moves that they made, I think were much needed. And honestly, like, I know that Lakers fans probably wanted Kyrie, LeBron wanted Kyrie. The moves that they made, I think, were better in the aggregate because they just didn't have enough NBA players like on that roster. Like they have like real players. And I think that LeBron can bring out what they actually needed from D like the shooting. Um, take he can take off a little bit of facilitating, and he's better, he's just better than Russell Westbrook, like, especially at this point in his career, in my opinion. Um, Malik Beasley can go get a bucket. He's a great three-point shooter. And then you added guys like Rui Hachimura, and then uh, you added uh, Mo Bamba. So like you added some like real pieces to this Lakers team. But on the flip side, it's a little bit more about what I'm seeing from these other teams in the West. Namely, I think the Jazz are going to fall out. Um, I don't. I think the Jazz, like we talked about with the Thunder, I think the Jazz are going to be they're going to wind up getting swept maybe by OKC and that's four losses, which in the West you really can't make up right now. Like that's just too big of a gap. The Blazers, Anthony Simons just got hurt. So they're going to be dealing with that injury. 
Um, and I wonder to what extent, you know, they're going to be able to survive as a team that didn't really make moves at the deadline. Um, then looking at the Warriors, it's possible. Maybe the Warriors fall out. Who knows? But then the team that I'm really concerned about in the West is the New Orleans Pelicans. That team does not look good right now without Zion. They're saying Zion's going to be missing more weeks. Like, who knows with them, honestly. And if they get to a point where they start really falling out and they start really, like, dropping a lot of games and they start kind of falling out of the Western Conference picture, we you have to ask the question, do they shut Zion down again and just say, what? We're going to wrap it up again this year. Like, that's it. Like, we don't know what else to do here. We got to retool. We don't want to be trying to come out of the West as in like a double play-in type of game where we're, Zion's health is like still a little bit in the air. And then you got to go, what, play the Nuggets? Like, you're going to get crushed there. So I think I, that's why I like the Lakers. And I know that there are two games out in the loss column from OKC, three, kind of depending on where you're at. But they still have a lot of games to play. And I think that that actually is beneficial for LA as opposed to some of these other teams. Yeah. I mean, look, we've done a lot of Lakers. The Lakers are tough yeah. because when I initially was prepping for a second half of the season, my initial numbers had the Lakers finishing as the 13 seed, like finishing even behind Utah and Portland. And I, I've yeah. dug more into it. And I just have the Lakers ahead of them now, but they still finish as the 11 seed for me. And I think too, we didn't say this, but with Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city is relevant here because if yeah. we're right, that they are being undervalued by the books, I think Oklahoma city is being written off. Like they're not really in the mix of things. If they actually, I have them as my most likely play in team. I think they're yeah. being treated as a non-threat. So that's a difference of four spots versus three. And I think, the like the Lakers or Warriors are are more likely to get squeezed out of that missing spot if that's the case. Like, yeah, uh, an irrelevant Thunder team might end up stealing a spot from a team that Lakers and Warriors that still could be a legitimate title contender if they get in and and get out yeah. of the play in. Yeah. So, a thing with the, the Lake, I agree with the stuff you said. Like, clearly much better now. They got to go fourteen and nine after the break just to get to 500 and they might yeah. need to do that just to make the play in like just to make the nine or 10 seed you might need 41 wins i think you're gonna need at least 40 so you got to go at least 13 and 10 that doesn't sound like much they're they're five games below 500 like that is not yeah. an easy ask for this team even an improved team and i think that's interesting too end of the season schedule two of their last three games are clippers and suns for most teams in the NBA, I'd be like, what a great, what a great outcome that is. Clippers and Suns might just be resting by then. I don't think the Clippers and Suns are resting. If the Lakers, if LeBron is like, I just need to win one more game to make the play in, I don't think the Clippers across the town in in the crypto, the Clippers are not going to be like, oh, you know what? Let's just take the night off. Go ahead, LeBron. Free win for you, buddy. Congratulations. Yeah. All-time winning score. Have a free one on us. Like, no, the Clippers are going to be like, we can end the Lakers season. Game on. Let's go. And the Suns, yeah. Kevin Durant, like the Suns, those teams could be playing to possibly knock out an opponent they might have to face in the first round otherwise, right? So yeah. I, I think it's interesting because, and, and even like, uh, Utah plays two of the last four against the Lakers. I think the Jazz, even if they're basically tanking at that point, which I think they will be, 
I think the Jazz try to win those games. You want to be the team that knocks out LeBron and the Lakers. Like that is the feather in your cap heading into the mm-hmm. offseason. And I think that actually could end up hurting LA when I think it's going to be close down to the wire for them. Yeah. So like, I think that that's like, that's definitely a concern, but I do think that like looking at their schedule, they're kind of getting a break. Granted, like we're, this is coming out after that game. If the Warriors win, if the Lakers win that game, that's, that's huge. I think for this conversation, like whichever team wins that game, because they play again on March 5th. So that's, you know, those two games, they could be dramatically different in terms of personnel that's out on the court. But I mean, I do like the fact that for LA, they're, they're, I think the end of season schedule for them, in theory, could be kind of soft with two games against the Bulls, a game against the Rockets. I know like from the motivational perspective, the Jazz might get up for this, but like maybe they just don't or they just don't care. You know, and then you have two games against the Jazz, and then maybe a game against the Clippers, game against the Suns, where you're just like, they're just like, well, like, whatever. Like, we don't want you in here, but like, whatever. Like, what, what are we going to do? So, <laughs> but it, it does kind of cut both ways, but I do like, you have to like two games against the Bulls in March. Yeah. It's like late yeah. March. <laughs> you can't feel so, too terrible about it. Let, yeah. let me give you, help me out if I got the history right on this one. If yeah. I remember right, Kobe's last game, the 60 that he dropped, heading to retirement, if I remember right, came on the final day against the Utah Jazz, who needed to win to make the playoffs while the Lakers were out, and the Lakers won and ended Utah's season. I believe they maybe already – I think someone else already knocked them out like during the game, so the result ended up not mattering. But I I don't know. If if that's a thing, Utah could a few years later get revenge (laughs) for the Kobe game and do them a favor and knock them back out. Am I right? I think it was the Jazz, is that right? I, it was the Jazz. I, I think you're right, because I think it was one of those, like, Kobe was like, it, the game mattered. Like, he, like, said something to about, like, to that effect, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, it was a playoff game for them, or, like, something, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, something like that. I so, just, I'll call it now. That's the story. Final final game of the season, Utah is going to get the, their revenge for Kobe years later. They're, they're going to do it for Gordon Hayward. All oh, right. man. <laughs> My next pick, I'm going to take the Pelicans. I don't have too much to say. You kind of covered why the Pelicans are in this range. I don't feel great about it. They're a very high variance team that we just don't really know. I don't hate the schedule. They probably are missing Zion for a couple of weeks still. It's kind of winnable for a while. And then here's what I like. The only thing I like, especially about them, right in the middle of March, they have a week where they play Houston, Houston, Spurs, Hornets. That is... <laughs> You cannot make a better four game stretch. And that should be right about when Zion would come back. So like if you can just barely stay above water and get a couple of wins without Zion, get to that week and beat the teams that want to lose. And then you get through it and you're like, all right, we're like three weeks out. We're in range. Zion's back. For me, I still have them to play in because of that reason but it's a soft play and I'm not betting this team in any direction right now. Cause I have no idea what they are. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah. There's not a lot to say about them at this point. It's just yeah. like I grabbed them before to miss the playoffs, but then the Zion news broke. So there's not really anything actionable at this point on them. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think so. All right. If I've done the math, right. I think that we each have still, another West team maybe that we think would still make it. So give me one final yeah. pick that you've got to come into the play in. 
it's uncomfortable because I just talked so much crap about them, but like the Blazers, uh, I think you just have to consider just because realistically, just because they have Damian Lillard. Um, like they, if, if they have him, I think that they can win enough of these close games because they, their offense is still really good. They're fifth in adjusted net rating on the offensive side. Um, I think a lot of it will depend obviously on how Anthony Simon's health is. Jeremy Grant missed a bunch of games too. Um, I think that they're, and they're not too far out because they're really only, they're tied with a lot of teams in the loss column with 30 losses. So they still have some games to play. I think they can make it up, but I'm not jumping at the opportunity to bet on the Blazers. Uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I'm about the same page as you. I have the Blazers in about the same spot as well. They they have kind of a soft schedule for a while, and then they have a stretch. Here, here's the stretch that they get to right near the end of the season. Thunder, Pelicans, Kings twice in a row, Timberwolves, Grizzlies. Like, yeah. they're going to be in the race all the way because they're going to push while, while Dame is there. And, and it, while Dame is healthy and playing like he is right now, they can win any one of those games. They're just not going to win all of them or close to it. So they feel to me like extreme. Like, if I could bet on Portland to finish in the 9 to 12 seed range, like, give me that bet. I'll, oh, yeah. They'll yeah. be right on the cusp, and then even if they get in, I I, I can't trust. I, get, I certainly don't want to bet them to make the playoffs, and the, the odds kind of reflect that accordingly. Yeah. And Dame, like, already had his month where he was, like, the greatest player on the planet. Like, I feel like he, like he does that every so often. Like, every year there's, like, a month in the middle of the season that doesn't matter, <laughs> like, at all, and Dame just is averaging, like, 45 points a game. <laughs> and like, yeah. I feel like it already happened. Like, so I struggle to see him doing that you know, throughout the rest of the year. I'll make a final pick here. I will also come from the West. So my four playing teams we've already done already. This is a team that I have as the sixth seed that I think you have as a sixth seed too. The difference is my sixth seed is closer to the play and race. I'm going to take the Mavericks here. And I think they are a real threat to make the play in at FanDuel right now. Their odds are plus 230 to make the play in. I've seen as high as a plus 350 out there. That, that's at least like a half unit bet for me. So here's the case. Dallas has already played 60 games, which is about as much as anyone. The reason that matters is because you only have 22 games left. Like I know we got Kyrie now and hooray, we figured out the team. There's just not as many games. Some of these other teams have 25 games left. So they're kind of already a little more stuck in place. And I, I just feel like if I'm looking at range of outcomes, the whole thing with the Kyrie trade is I feel like the bottom side outcome, there are a lot more bad versions here where Kyrie or Luca gets hurt or Kyrie does whatever Kyrie does and they, he doesn't play or they don't mesh well, or like there just are a lot of reasons why I could see this going poorly. I, I don't think that they have a, like a high ceiling push in them. I think they're being, I think they're being too optimistically priced right now. Like, I think they're being yeah. priced like they're in the three to six seed range. And I don't think they are. I think they're in the six to 11 seed range. Like, I think they're in the next group down of, I think they belong on this podcast. There's a reason we didn't talk about the Suns and the Clippers and, and the Kings. I don't think the Kings belong in this podcast, Joe. We didn't talk about them for a reason. I think the Mavericks are part of this conversation. They're over under right now is 45 and a half. They have 31 wins at the break. They have to go, they have to go 15 and seven to hit the over. That's a crazy number to me. And I know like they've got kind of a soft schedule. 
They've got a lot of home games coming up. They go Kings, Bulls, Spurs to close. So that's an argument against the play. And that's why ultimately they kind of fell in my rankings a little bit. Cause I think once you get to that stretch, you just win those last three and, and you're probably okay. But I, I think they're a little overrated here. I would look at like a Grizzlies to win the division to me is it's a very like you're paying for it. You're paying like a minus 400, but Dallas is not catching the Grizzlies. The Pelicans are not catching the Grizzlies. Like that's, no. that's a you know a good one to kind of add into a parlay or something. I don't want Dallas to miss the playoffs. I looked at that number, but I, I can't get yeah. there because I think even if they make the play in, you still have maybe the two best players on the court in any given matchup. Certainly the best one. You're probably the seventh seed. You get two home games. Like I don't think yeah. they fall out entirely without the Luka injury, but I'll take the play in odds. And I, I like that under, under 45 and a half. I think that's a terrible number. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that under. I think that that's a good spot, especially because like we know that they're still kind of going through a, a little bit of growing pains. Like it looks like Kyrie and Luca seem to have like decent rapport with each other at least. Uh, but they they definitely have some things to work on. So I, I like that under. Um, and I agree. Like I just don't I don't see them really ascending the standings, uh, if that makes sense. Like I think six. Yeah. You know, maybe five is their cap, but like I don't, I don't really see them going much higher than where they're currently situated. All right, so let's let's uh, summarize here a little bit for listeners. I'm gonna have you give out a, if you have any best bet. We talked about a lot of different bets along the way here. So while you're brainstorming for a second, I think my favorite one is that Thunder to make the play in. I like them uh, uh, at plus one ninety. I think you can get it closer to a plus two forty if you shop around out there. That'd be my best bet. They are literally my most likely play-in team in the West. And then the other two that I like the most, that Mavs under 45 and a half, we just talked about. I like that one. And I'll sprinkle that Washington 13 to one division. I, I think it's, you know, very unlikely to hit, but I don't think it's 13 to one unlikely. So that would probably be my three biggest takeaways here. Do you have, do you have any best bets from this episode before we wrap up? So I do, I do like, honestly, I like that Nets play, uh, the Nets to be in the play in. Um, you can get that. I know that you're asking for a couple different things. I don't think that they fall below seven. So if you can get that as an option, like if you can bet them to be exactly the seven seed, I think that that may have more value uh, per se. But I do think that at, you know, a plus, you know, plus 250, plus 300 type of number or shop around. Um, but for them to be in the play in, I think it's interesting for a team that really could see the bottom maybe fall out. Um, and then in the West, I do like, I think that Minnesota should stick around in that spot, like in the top half of the play in bracket. So I like them. You can get a plus 154 on them to make the playoffs. Uh, I think that with their history, I like that. And if you don't like the individual matchup, you can probably hedge out of it with a plus 154 number, especially with the fact that they're going to be playing realistically the way I have a cap, they would probably be playing two games. So you can always wait and do it on a different basis or maybe even win twice. So that's, I like the wolves to make the playoffs at plus 154. All right. Well, I like it. And for all, for all our listeners who are always like, we never talk about the wizards or the Hawks or the Pelicans or the thunder. (laughs) This was your episode, baby. You got all, all the gooey middle teams that you could ever want out of this. So this this one was for you. All the play and talk that you need. Well, I'm sure be looking at all these teams even more as the races shape up. But that's going to wrap it up for today. 
And we obviously will be back next week once we're here in our, our regular stretch of games. All the usual episodes that you've come used to, all of our picks day to day, and I'm sure even more as we head toward the playoffs here. So that is it for today, and we'll see you next week. Let's get buckets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.